Hello, and welcome to Speculation Podcast, where we discuss tough topics from a biblical perspective. Here's your host, my cute husband, Pastor Kelly Van Arsdal. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Speculation Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our last two podcasts with our comparison of Jesus Christ and Melchizedek, and then a look at the creation event titled Creatio Ex Nihilo. If you haven't listened to those yet, you can find them at www.speculationpodcast.com or on our Facebook page, Speculation Podcast. In this episode, we will be exploring what it means to be right with God, something that the Bible calls righteousness and justification. I call this episode Sowing and Plowing, because we will see how when we are in the righteousness of God, through surrender to Him, that it engages an internal reaction or an awakening that leads to a life-altering trajectory and transformation that in history saw the greatest empire in the world declare Jesus Christ as Lord and has since dropped billions of other people to their knees over the course of history and where eventually all will kneel before the Lord. We are going to examine a few different passages, but my key verse will actually be one from the Old Testament, Hosea 10.12. It reads, Sow righteousness for yourselves, reap the fruit of unfailing love, and break up the unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord, until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. I want to first look at what it means to sow righteousness for yourselves. Let's first look at the word sow. S-O-W. It is the action of planting or the scattering of seeds for planting. It should be noted that Hosea is a prophet during a time when the nation of Israel is divided, and he is speaking to the Israelites living in the North Kingdom in particular. He was called by God to see his people return to the arms of the Lord, or Yahweh. He is calling his reader to plant seeds of righteousness, literally plant seeds of what God calls as right, for themselves. So what does that mean? How are we to plant seeds of righteousness for ourselves? Is God calling us to somehow sow our own righteousness for ourselves? Absolutely not. To answer those questions, we need to look at a supporting passage found in the New Testament. This is also a good reminder to always use scripture to define scripture within its context. It really is the best way to not accidentally add in your own presuppositions into a particular text. So let's read Galatians 6, 7 through 8. It says, A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. God is sovereign, which means that he is the ruler over all of creation. He is the creator of all things, see Genesis 1 and John 1. So there is nothing that he doesn't see, nothing he doesn't know, and nothing he cannot do. Therefore, he can work through any situation. However, I hold to the stance that he doesn't meticulously control everything that goes on within his creation. That's for another podcast someday. What I am trying to say is that all of creation is playing in the Lord's backyard. We all play by his rules and in his house. That's why sin is a folly, because it's in open rebellion to the being who is in over all things in this world. However, he has given his creation a free will in his sovereignty to be able to choose him, because he obviously understands what love is. 
Love is not something that is imposed by force, but is something that is done in a relationship between two persons who willfully choose it. We have the freedom to sow in either the spirit or the flesh by sovereign decree. We can either sow in the things of God or our own. God knows the end of both of these choices. As Paul clearly states, you can either sow in the spirit, sow in the things that are from God, and reap eternal life, or you can sow in the flesh, another word for sin or missing the mark or rebellion, and reap destruction. The choice is yours. Israel in the time of Hosea was sowing in the flesh and reaping destruction upon themselves. And Hosea wants his people to return to a time when they will sow in righteousness or the things that come from God. And I link that to the spirit stated in Galatians 6. So what types of things was Israel sowing in the flesh? Murder? Debauchery? Well, to a degree, but that isn't what the Lord hits on first. Hosea writes in the next verse, But you, Israel, have planted wickedness. You have reaped evil. You have eaten the fruit of deception. Because you have depended on your own strength and your many warriors. Hosea is saying that because they have sowed seed of their own strength, they have reaped destruction. Hosea uses the words wickedness, evil, and deception to show how a reliance upon Israel's own abilities, their own strength, and not that of God's, and it led to their destruction. Hosea is saying that because of their lack of belief, trust, or faith in their God, they are doomed. This definition of the flesh helps us to find the proper meaning behind the word righteousness in Hosea. Israel was walking toward destruction because they didn't have faith in God, but in their own abilities. Their own abilities even seemed like a good idea. All they wanted to do was raise an army to protect themselves. However, because they relied upon this more than their need for God, it was evil. Therefore, the word righteousness in this passage means a faith in God. We are to sow for ourselves a faith in God. We are not to build up our own armies, things that can be symbolized by what we find protection in other than God. These will actually separate us from a life of faith. We are to remove them so that we have to depend, believe, trust in God for every facet of our life. One of the most exciting things about being a follower of the biblical Jesus Christ is that there is never a dull moment when one's strength and hopes is entirely upon God. The Lord opens doors every day for those who seek him first to step out and trust him greater than they have done the day before. We just have to step out and plant the seeds of faith or of righteousness in Hosea's context. This faith as righteousness principle perfectly aligns with the way righteousness and faith are always linked in the rest of biblical scripture. For example, Genesis 15:6 says that Abram believed the Lord, believed, trust, faith, it's the same word in the Septuagint, and he credited it to him as righteousness. We also see that the righteousness that is credited is always from God and never from man. Isaiah 45:8 proves this where it says, God created it. The Lord says to the prophet Isaiah, You heavens above, rain down my righteousness. It's his, not ours. It goes on to say, Let the clouds shower it down. Let the earth open wide. Let the salvation spring up. 
Let righteousness flourish with it. I, the Lord, have created it. This righteousness of God is his, and therefore it is his to give away. It is not ours to earn. God's righteousness is always linked to our faith, or what could be called as our belief or even trust in God. If we want to be, quote, good in in the right standing with God, in the eyes of God, and not wicked, we must have God's righteousness in order to be in said good standing with God, or what is called justified. Let's look at one of the most beautiful passages in the Bible, Romans 3, 21 through 26. Paul writes, But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and all the prophets, like Hosea, testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. In other words, to all those who put their faith in Jesus is God's righteousness given. It goes on to say that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. It doesn't say just the Jews or just the Gentiles or, or whatever nationality you want to throw out. It says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace. The all being those who believe in Jesus Christ as their righteousness. So the all, again, referring to the ones who believe. Through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ, God demonstrated his righteousness by sending Jesus Christ to bleed on the cross. He took our punishment for sin, became a curse, so that we could freely, in his righteousness, be one with Jesus, be in righteousness by our faith. Also, look at the beauty at this connection in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and it is not from ourselves. Remember, righteousness comes from God. He created it. It is the gift of God. God bestows the gift. For, because we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This faith that saved Abraham and now saves the sinner by his grace is credited as righteousness and therefore eternal life. That is being right with God. It is God's grace and his righteousness that saves the sinner when they believe, put their trust in, put their faith, however you want to say that, in God, in the Lord. Now, the important thing to remember is that this faith we have in Jesus Christ is not a passive concept. You look at Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 again. We are saved for a purpose. We are God's handiwork, created to do good things. It's, it's from that to which we work. It is always an action moving forward, this faith. It is growing. We probably have all heard the Bible passage that says, Faith without works is dead, found in James. A common misconception is that this has something to do with salvation. This isn't said in the context of salvation, but more what we do with our faith coinciding with the handiwork to do good works. It's more about stepping out in faith. In the context, it says, it's basically saying, would you ignore a brother in need or a sister in need in order to save up more for yourselves? And is that really trusting in God to provide for you if you're living a life of faithful generosity? I would say that this is not sowing of faith, but of flesh when you ignore a brother or sister in need. Faith is always moving forward. 
or it's going backwards. If you are not flexing your faith muscle, it is becoming weaker. It doesn't stay the same. You are either growing in your faith or you are falling away and becoming more dependent upon yourself. The good thing is that God seems to always put people of faith in positions where they have to exercise their faith in him every day. If you're really looking for opportunities, I bet you are seeing multiple every day. When in every situation we are relying on God for his protection because of our faith in him, we will see God provide, protect, and give eternal life. When Israel relied upon God in the wilderness, he provided. When neighboring armies rised up against Israel, they were destroyed. When they relied upon God. The person who relies upon who realize that they can't obtain a righteousness by good works or deed, realize that their only option then is to turn from their wickedness, which is trying to find righteousness from yourself, and to find their righteousness and faith in God, which gives them eternal life. What I am calling for is not a try-harder mentality, a white-knuckle mentality of trying to do better. But honestly, I'm, asking, I'm calling for a surrendering Hosea is calling for a surrendering. The Bible, the Lord, everyone is calling for a surrendering of everything to God. It is from a place of surrender and what would look like supposed weakness where the Christian finds his ultimate strength in the God of Israel. This leads into the second portion of the passage. It says, And break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. In the Levitical law, the Israelites were required to give the land a Sabbath, or a rest to recuperate. But that also means that thistles, thorns, boulders, and whatever else was allowed to move in and suffocate the land. Hosea is calling Israel to return to the fields of faith and break up the ground that had been overtaken by their wickedness, as the world satisfied their needs more than their hunger for God. Where there was once bounty... From the Lord, there was only a reaping of destruction now in the eyes of God in the heart of Israel. This is the same today. We're not just reading an old passage, but one that still rings true today. There are areas of our lives that we are too afraid to give to God. Even though many of us will say, Lord, take my life, there are often areas where we aren't ready to give to God. He is willing to build a faith in you, but we are unwilling to go through the sacrifice. These areas can be indicated by our initial reaction to different situations. When something happens in your life, is there worry, anxiety, or fear? Instead of a confidence that our faith in God will provide? If your initial reaction are things not from God, which anxiety, fear, and worry are not, these are areas where you have not yet surrendered. We need to break up that land, blow it up. We need to destroy it so that we can plow new fields to sow righteousness to sow faith, so the unfailing love of God can be reaped. And there is the key. Did you catch it? Where we fail in the flesh, the unfailing love of God does not. He does not fail us. His love surrounds us. Our lives are in his hands, and he will not allow us to fall. Even if the situation means that we are martyred, we just know that to be absence of body is to be in the presence of the Lord. When we prayfully seek God to expose those areas and then have him go before us to cultivate the soil, we will see our sowing of faith in God grow and we will see that God will not fail us. His unfailing love is exactly that. He will be there for you. 
Plowing our new fields is done by seeking the one whom righteousness comes from. If I lose my glasses at home, I will usually seek after my wife to help me find them. I'll say, Amy, babe, do you know where my glasses are? Now, what if I was to ask the cat or a lamp? You'd think I was crazy. But so often we seek things that are not going to help us and things that God sees as foolishness. This is mainly seen when we try to plow these fields and sow our seeds by our own power and not by God's. We are completely dependent upon him in every way. The sooner we realize this, the sooner we will see the reaping of abundant harvests in our lives and the lives of the people we are influencing with the good news of Jesus. It should be noted that God's ways are perfect. Psalm 1830 says, As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. We need to believe that God's ways are not our ways, but his way is perfect. His word is without flaw, and it is in him that we are protected and find shelter. Why else would we ever want to sow anything that is not from him or from him or for him? Why else would we ever want to seek anything or anyone else? To conclude, I just want to say the Lord is coming back. We live in a great time in history post the resurrection of Jesus Christ where the world has already been showered with righteousness from God. We saw this with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, you can see Acts 2 for that, which rooted the eternal life-giving righteousness found through faith in Jesus Christ. However, that wasn't the end of the story. The Lord Jesus Christ says in John 14 that he will come back for those who are his followers. When he does come back, will you be found sowing and plowing in the righteousness of God? Or will you still be laboring in vain trying to build up your own warriors? He is coming back. Are you ready?